Two-thirds of the outstanding loan debt right now is held by female borrowers. Uh, when a, a woman graduates, she typically owes about $2,700 more than her male counterpart. It takes two years longer for women to pay back loans. Oftentimes, women go into a workforce where there is a gender pay gap. Does this ruling potentially disproportionately impact women? And, and do you think it's a setback for gender equality? Wow. Boy, that I hope they have chiropractic coverage over at MSNBC because Ana Cabrera just stretched the limits of her body trying to get to that conclusion. Is it gender inequality to cancel student loan debt? Is it targeting? Is this the war on women once again? My goodness, these people are crazy. It's the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka here. In for Chris. Uh, that's just nuts. <laughs> yeah, I thought we had reached uh, peak stupidity yesterday when we were told that the Canadian wildfires were racist because they were disproportionately affecting people of color and the poor. That those, those pesky racist wildfires from Canada, which, by the way, were intentionally set. Yes, they were. It might even be an act of terrorism if we were to look into it. But uh, we're too busy celebrating today because the Supreme Court has blocked Joe Biden's student loan forgiveness scheme and uh, also has blocked the uh, action taken by a member of the LGBT community who wanted to force a website designer to create a website for them. And the designer said, I'm sorry that... That goes against my principles, and I have a certain First Amendment right. And the Supreme Court said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. So it's a good day if you're a conservative. It's a good day if you're a person who understands personal responsibility. If it's, a, it's a good day if you understand accountability. Now, if we could only get something done about Hunter Biden, that pesky Hunter Biden, who is the secret secret chief of the Biden crime family. I know you say it's the big guy, but we, we've got news on that coming up today as well. I'm just very, very happy. And trying to skin, skim through the decision that came out of the Supreme Court just a little bit ago, uh, Justice Kagan was um, the author of the dissenting opinion, and it was a 6-3 vote again, you know, another great majority ruling. A 6-3 vote, and Kagan was the dissenter, so she got to read her dissent. And uh, it's 30 pages long. 30 pages long. Wow. She says the court exceeds its proper limited role in our nation's governance. I'm sorry. 87% of the people agreed that, hey, we shouldn't have to pay for this. 87% of the people don't have student loan debt like this. Now, I believe um, the number, I have to verify the number. But if we go back into the records, at one point about a year ago, when we first started hearing that this case was going to be central in the upcoming fall session of the Supreme Court, I believe there was a report saying there were 33 members of the Biden White House staff who had student loan debt in significant amounts. 33 members of the, White, of the Biden White House staff with significant amounts of student loan debt. 
Coincidence? I think not. That's really interesting to me when you see that this is this is how maybe this decision was pushed through. Every time Joe went down to the uh, naval dining room there, just a half a floor above the situation room to have lunch, that maybe one of these staff members said, oh, Mr. President, uh, are we going to do anything about this pesky student loan decision? Are you going to be able to forgive the debt? I mean, you promised us on the campaign trail. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Wow. This is great news. And I'm sure many of you want to join in on the uh, celebration or discussion today, as well as make a nomination for the Woke Olympics. If you're not familiar with the Woke Olympics, I'll give you an explanation and an example shortly. But let's bounce over to Marshall, Virginia, where Chris is waiting. And somebody wrote to me and said, there are a lot of Chris's who call the Chris Plant Show. Yeah, I guess there are. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program. Good good afternoon or good morning, sir. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, I have one minor correction that's a little bit off topic. I don't think that Hunter Biden is the mastermind. I believe that's doctor, not a doctor, and Haley Biden. Those are the masterminds because they're the ones that married in and have gone to great lengths to stay in that degenerate family. Now, on to the topic of student <laughs> loans. Okay. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. Um, think about it. I mean, poor poor Haley, you know, Hunter went and seduced her, blah, blah, blah. Well, hang on a minute. She was a willing participant. Anyway, um, if I buy a car and I default on my loan, they repossess the car. If I stop paying my mortgage, they foreclose on my house. The reason, traditionally, you can't uh, default on a student loan is because they cannot repossess the commodity. I'm all for student loan forgiveness with two conditions. One, those debts get paid out of the multi, multi-billion dollar endowments that these universities are sitting on. Otherwise, what's the incentive for them to not be, you know, for administrative costs just to continue to skyrocket? There's no incentive. There's an incentive for them to make bad loans. And two, we repossess the commodity with a fish fork and we lobotomize away the, the knowledge. <laughs> I, 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 interesting. <laughs> I, I don't think we want to have a brain bank full of repossessed brains. Very interesting take on that. But, you know, we, we do have a problem with the colleges being allowed to raise prices and, over and over and over again and not showing any significant positive results. In a way, there's a parallel to some of the pharmaceutical industry problems where the prices go up. And the people are the ones who have to pay them in order to either get healthy or get educated. And maybe, just maybe, we should look into those institutions of higher learning, as you mentioned, with multi-billion dollar endowments who have been just uh, raising the cost of attending them. And they're giving tenure to these professors who are the great indoctrinators of the young people. It kind of flows into the Cloward and Piven theory that... You take over the, the universities, and you will have the ability to change the minds of the next generation. And that seems to be what's happening unless we tap the brakes here. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. And interesting thoughts on the Hunter Biden story. We'll follow up on that. Andrew is in Chicago. Hello, Andrew. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Good afternoon, Michael. How are you? 
I'm good, sir. It's still morning here, though. I don't know about you, but hello. How, oh, yeah. Happy it, Friday. It still morning. I'm just, I'm just shook up that you took my call. I've been waiting so long. Hey, I'll, I'll try to be brief. Um, I get a little bit upset and emotional about this, but I have two quick stories to give you. So um, my son graduated at the top of his class in one of the Chicago suburbs here. He had a 5.62 GPA. He had a perfect 1,600 SAT wow. and a 36 ACT. He also had a perfect 800 on all the subject SAT tests, which are even harder than the regular SAT. He was rejected from every single one of the Ivy Leagues. And he, he goes to Northwestern. You know, it's, it's ranked number nine in the country, and it's a decent enough school. But what I knew, even going into that process, and I wasn't hopeful about it, was his SAT instructor had told my son he said, you know, this is great, but um, don't get your hopes up. You have everything working against you. And I said to the instructor, who was a University of Chicago Hispanic um, by, by um, you know, a graduate himself, but a Hispanic man, he said, well, he's not a Hispanic woman or a black woman or Native American or something like that. He's a white guy. And so that's not going to help him. So I'm thrilled that the affirmative action got struck down yesterday, and I'm also upset though that i know that all of these uh colleges left-wing liberal colleges and their administrators will continue to hide the truth from us and i'm not that optimistic that it will really change anything what really broke my heart is that my son was one of those strangely smart kids that was getting bussed over to the high school from the time he was in middle school and all the teachers all along the way said this is the kind of kid that goes to mit this is the kind of kid that will invent something and truly change the world. And what's disturbing about all of this and, and their opinions on this subject is simply that the best and the brightest that this country has will not be given those opportunities. They diluted the name of diversity. And frankly, there's over 5,000 schools in this country, and there's plenty of places, all those other kids that have decent enough grades that aren't the best and the brightest that they can go. Last thought, one of my best friends went to Harvard College and he knows the new president of, of Harvard University and said that not only does he know her, but his, some of his classmates that went to Phillips Exeter with her said that she was very ordinary. So it just goes to show that, you know, the, this will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. They'll continue to allow these people into these colleges that do not belong there. And there's nothing, sadly, that we can do about it. I'm, I'm thrilled with yesterday's ruling, but I'm, I'm dubious that actually a change will, be ha will happen. Well, I, I will stand up and say Northwestern University there on the banks of Lake Michigan in Evanston, Illinois, is a terrific school. And uh, full disclosure, I spent a summer as a faculty member at Northwestern teaching gifted high school students. So it has a special place in my heart. And your kid's going to get a great education there and also have the opportunity ahead of him maybe to attend MIT and get another degree. Congressman Thomas Massey of uh, Kentucky. Uh, yeah, Kentucky. He has two degrees from MIT. And he's one of those people that folks say, well, he's going to be a leader and invent something great. And I have firm belief, Andrew, that your young son will do that. So I appreciate you for standing up with all the voice of reason. I'm sorry he didn't get his first choice, but I will tell you, Northwestern's a fine place, and he's close to home, too. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate you. Uh, real quickly, I, I like the idea of this call. Phil is in Fre Fredericksburg, Virginia. Phil, 
I've got about a minute or so here. What's on your mind? Mike, I just wanted to thank the Supreme Court for standing up for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. This is July 4th weekend. We needed this, and I want to draw issue with what your previous caller said. Since the Supreme Court dropped a Roe versus Wade and took abortion back to the states, they've saved 23,000 lives. That's probably 20,000 black men and women that will survive Margaret Sanger's genocidal rage. And it's just, it's a wonderful time. Those Supreme Court justices, they've risked everything. They've risked their lives and their families. They need to be protected. The, the mass media is going to be trying to incite their followers to kill those people. So just remember and appreciate what the Supreme Court justices are facing when they make these decisions for us. They're making them for freedom and for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. It's a wonderful day to be an American. And God bless America and our veterans. And July 4th. God bless you, Phil. A wonderful, impassioned statement. And you are 100% right. These recent rulings are a validation that the American system of government really does ultimately win out. And uh, we as Americans will ultimately be the winners. Especially important message ahead of the Independence Day weekend. I'm stepping aside. When we come back, let's do a little Woke Olympics. I've got a nomination for you. Maybe you have one for me. 888-630-9625. Opelka in for Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. And welcome back to the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka is my name sitting in for Chris. I'll be here Monday, and then he returns after the Independence Day holiday. I guess he's missing so much great stuff. The news today, the big Supreme Court decisions favoring common sense, and the left is losing its mind, and Fox is reporting that Joe Biden says he's going to do something. He's going to, He's got additional measures he can take on student loans. I'm sorry, sir. You don't. You don't. I, I'm I'm old enough to remember what Joe Biden even said, that this basically wasn't going to work. And uh, then he said uh, his student loan debt bailout passed Congress. He did the October of 2022. Do you remember that? He actually said his student loan debt bailout passed Congress by a vote or two. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. No, that's, that never happened. And no one called him on it. 
I did say it's Woke Olympics Day, and yeah, we're doing nominations for the Woke Olympics. If you don't understand them, they are uh, examples of incredibly woke behavior, like Dylan Mulvaney, the male who presents as a female and caused Bud Light to lose $27 billion because they put all marketing together. Mulvaney, who has been out in public since April 1st in this disaster, has now told us that that they can't leave their home. They're afraid. But they also can't find the can that they've hidden. I took a brand deal with a company that I loved, and I posted a sponsored video to my page. They also sent me one can with my face on it. I hid it somewhere, and now I can't find it because I hid it so well. Oh, yes, you did, you crazy person. But apparently Mulvaney thinks this can is part of history and needs to be behind bulletproof glass in a museum somewhere. Talk about an inflated sense of self and how important you are to the world. No, it was bad beer, and now it's kind of been fixed. Um, Woke Olympics nominations. Marshall from Pensacola, Florida is checking in. Marshall, you have a nomination? You got about a hot minute here. Hello, Marshall. I want to apologize. Do you got me? Yeah, I do. Okay, I want to apologize because this may should have been under the Darwin Awards. But <laughs> since the owner of the deep water uh, sub was woke, I think that people spent a million dollars to bury themselves in the grave because he didn't want a bunch of old white guys running his submarine project. He got the woke people that were in the aerospace industry to design a sub without the benefit of the old white guys who were experts in the field. Now, Marshall, I, I think I, I love the effort here. I'm going to give you an A for effort, but your initial reaction is spot on. This is more of a Darwin Award than a Woke Olympics Award. But yeah, he did say that dumb thing about didn't want older white people working on it. And the uh, the karma hammer kind of swung back and smacked him. And now there's five people who paid the ultimate price. Although it was weird that the guy, the CEO's wife, had a connection to the Titanic. And now her husband is at the bottom of the ocean next to the Titanic. Very odd how that works. I promised you something from the Treasury Secretary that's going to make you shake your head. I have that, plus more of your nominations, more of your calls to discuss this fabulous Friday and these great decisions out of the Supreme Court. 888-630-9625 is the number. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show. Michael Pelka in for my buddy Chris Plant. A lot of news today, a lot of happy news, uh, a lot of other news, a little bit of sad news. We lost one of the acting greats, Alan Arkin, passed away at the age of 89. I cannot think of a bad Alan Arkin film. I really cannot. And I double dog dare you to come up with one. I don't think you can. What a great actor. Terrific actor. May he serpentine quickly into heaven. Alan Arkin, gone at 89. Also gone from the Fox News Network, and I consider this good. 
I call this good news. Geraldo Rivera is out. I'm so tired of Geraldo. And it is always, as Greg Gutfeld said, about Geraldo. When he used to make his appearances on The Five, Geraldo would do stories about him. All of the other hosts would do stories that were um, kind of cute and touching during their final little segments, one last thing. But it was always a Geraldo about Geraldo. And I really got tired of him because he's very woke. He's kind of getting a Woke Olympics Lifetime Achievement Award. He claims to be a Republican. I don't think he could pass the test, not the sniff test. He seems to go always with the far left on things and never, ever, ever with the conservative policies. Maybe he is uh, fiscally conservative because he wants to protect his monies. And maybe that's the case. But uh, Geraldo is out at Fox. He's done. He's toast. He's finished. And uh, he was supposed to get a farewell on the five. They were going to have a farewell to Geraldo that should have happened, I believe, earlier this week. That was the story last week then they, when they announced his, his years, his decades of service to the Fox network were ending. There were two dates that were listed, and I tuned in to see because I thought there might have been some fireworks between Gregory Gutfeld and Geraldo, but it didn't happen. And then yesterday there was a video that Geraldo posted in his boat showing him traveling from far out on Long Island into the city. And he was letting us know that because he has this boat, that he is so special and so gifted that he could actually avoid the traffic that the commoners had to deal with. And so he said farewell. He told everybody that he quit Fox News because they fired him. I'm not kidding you. He got fired from Fox, but then tells everybody that he quit Fox News. I don't think that's how it works. But he was on uh, the five this uh, on the Fox and Friends this morning, saying farewell, and they gave him a kind of a, a send off with balloons and some memories. But he also wanted us to know that he was a product of affirmative action. You know, Geraldo, it's not just what you've done in broadcasting, but what you've done in broadcasting, I think for a lot, for a lot of Hispanics, um, has meant a lot. And I think that's something that you should maybe say something about. Well, I, I thank you for the, for the opportunity, because affirmative action has just been uh, voted down by the Supreme Court of the United States in a very controversial decision that will impact many people of color. Um, I was a product of affirmative action over a half a century ago. Thank you, Jess. Uh, when uh, uh, the Ford Foundation and uh, Columbia Journalism School got together to integrate the local news teams in New York, there were no uh, black reporters, no Hispanic reporters, no women. Uh, and uh, it was shocking. And, and, and that was as late as 1968, 69. 
Uh, so I was selected. I was making news representing a group of uh, uh, Puerto Rican activists, the Young Lords, who had taken over some buildings up in uh, Spanish Harlem. And I, I was their lawyer and their negotiator, and I made a lot of news as yep, their spokesperson. And so I got discovered that way, and they yeah. drafted me for the Columbia program, and Great. the rest is history. Well, you know... Yes, the rest is history. So it did become Geraldo news about Geraldo, even at the end. So Geraldo's done. He's done at Fox. You can now, if you were not a Geraldo fan, as I was not, you can safely tune in and be, it's Geraldo free. They should make a promo that says that. I hope they will. We shall see. We shall see. Um, I was also looking at the... Uh, the comments about the expenses of college, because a lot of people are saying that the college loan crisis, $1.6 trillion in loans that are outstanding, has a lot to do with the colleges charging a lot more money. And I think Mary in uh, Annandale, Virginia, agrees with that. Mary, thanks for calling the Chris Plant Show. What's on your mind? Mary on uh, line five. Can Hello, you hear me? Mayor. Yeah, I can now. Yes, Hi. welcome. Okay, sorry about that. Um, no, it just it seems that every time the colleges raise tuition, then the government makes more money available in Pell Grants, et cetera. So um, it's a self-licking ice cream cone. Uh, it, it's not going to stop until the government stops making that much money available. Period. Yeah, it's it's true, and the and the government has the exclusive lock on the lending too, so they control yeah. the lending. They uh, they in in league with the colleges seem to be, as you correctly identified, a self-licking ice cream cone, <laughs> which is so <laughs> damn accurate. But well, and what's what's sad is then the colleges teach exactly what the government wants them to teach. Well, here's here's a nice example of that. Uh, I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden got a gig after he was vice president. Joe Biden got a gig at the University of Pennsylvania. And uh, he was paid a lot of money. He was paid a million dollars. He never taught a single class. So what was that money going to? What was he doing with that money? We know it came from China. But I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden said this about that college experience as, as a professor, a visiting professor at Penn. I was teaching at the University of Pennsylvania, and I had a significant budget to hire a lot of people from the Biden democracy up there from Tony Blinken, others who came along. So I was teaching. The Joe, Joe got a million dollars, never taught a class, also got a whole bunch of money that allowed him to hire people like Tony Blinken. So Biden's got loyalty built into his administration because Tony Blinken was getting paid when Joe was not even teaching. And, you know, you could pay a lot of people not to show up. It's like those legendary union no-show jobs that add to the cost of any construction project. Uh, Joe was a no-show job at University of Pennsylvania, where he kept a lot of documents, apparently. Fascinating. Thank you, Mary. Uh, well done. Tony is in Alexandria, Virginia. Hello, Tony. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hi, Michael. How are you doing? I'm good, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I... This Supreme Court decision is really, I'm really concerned about the Supreme Court because this is a no-brainer. They're supposed to be the utmost judges there 
that we're supposed to trust their opinion on what they think is thing are things supposed to be constitutional or not. This was an executive order that Biden wanted to spend this money to, you know, to pay off these student loans. It's a no-brainer. That decision should have been nine nothing easily. I don't understand these three, uh, you know, the three justices on the left there that no matter what, they're never going to come to reason because this not only not only is it unbelievable that they didn't see the unconstitutionality of it, but we they, they're putting this country in danger because people look at it and they say, oh, well, it's the Republicans. It's the Republican. It's the you – no, know, they call it the MAGA-controlled uh, end of the court that's doing this. And, and, and now Biden's going to come out and say something that, you know, like yesterday, he said it wasn't a normal court. This is antagonistic stuff. Sure. That, you know, if a country of 330 million people, you got one nut thinking in his head, well, if I could somehow take out two of the justices on the right with Biden in charge, we'll have control of the court. There goes the country. Well, yeah, Tony, Tony, I don't want to think that America is that violent and that crazy. But then again, we did thankfully uh, make sure we protected our justices. But there were people out there thinking as you were voicing that. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen. I do believe you're right. It should have been nine to nothing. The way the decision was on uh, uh, the decision to protect uh, free speech. And that is one of the most important things, the religious rights of the man who did not want to work on a Sunday. That was a nine to nothing decision. This should have been the same. But that's not the way the left leaning justices will ever think. Just understand elections have consequences. And thank God, thank God we have six justices who understand the Constitution very well. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you being there. I did mention our Treasury Secretary had said something uh, exceptionally foolish yesterday. Janet Yellen was speechifying on MSNBC, and um, she's actually bragging about inflation and gas prices, which I find absolutely stunning. Am I wrong? What do you see as the catalyst to really get inflation down? Well, um, inflation was fed by supply chain bottlenecks from the pandemic and from Putin's brutal war in Ukraine. So not any mention of spending, of all the trillions of dollars we added to our government debt, the money we printed that shrunk the value of the dollar. Nothing mentioned there. It's, a, it's about the supply chain problems and Putin's war. No, it's about spending. But it's even worse than that. And the impact of those forces is uh, declining. Um, gas prices have come down $1.40 off their highs. And they are $1.30 higher than when you people took office. Continue. That's important to Americans. Yeah. Actually, inflation year over year has come down for 11 months in a row. But inflation, inflation is double what it was when more than double than what it was when you people took office. More than double. And wages have not kept 
pace with inflation. So for the past 20 months, people have been losing ground, losing ground with their money going away because of the Bidenflation, not Bidenomics. It's still Bidenflation. And that's a big problem. That's a big problem for so many people. But they're going to go out there and keep trying to pitch this. You are reminded every single time you go to the gas pump, every single time you go to the gas pump, you are reminded just how different it is from when Donald John Trump was in office and how much cheaper everything was. Everything. Don't even talk about real estate, but car loans. Car loans are now to the point where dealers are having to try and do lower self-financing in order to get cars out the door to beat the banks. Keep an eye on that one. There are some big changes coming to the automotive world. I promise you. Uh, I, do have, um, I do have one more clip here I need to play. Uh, it's not Geraldo talking about Geraldo, even though there are many, many Geraldo clips out there. I had one more from uh, Robert Kennedy because we are constantly monitoring Robert Kennedy Jr. And uh, he he is now, after being, I guess, complimented by Donald John Trump, Robert Kennedy Jr. was talking about the borders and Donald Trump's wall. And I think this is giving you a, a, a kind of a key into why Kennedy is starting to grab some of the votes in the middle, in the center of the Democrats and the the left side of the GOP. This was Kennedy being asked about the borders, especially as it relates to Trump's wall. I was against Trump's wall, but having seen it down there, I see that there there's you were required to give a physical barrier during certain highly densely populated areas. You need a physical barrier. No nation can survive if they can't protect their borders. Hmm. No nation can survive if they can't protect their borders. What a curious statement. And how many Democrats have been brave enough to say that? This is why Kennedy has both sides worried. He's willing to speak on uncomfortable topics, but also with clarity as it comes to logic. No nation can survive without a border. Very true. All right, we'll uh, step aside here and take a break. Come back. Uh, If you have a final Woke Olympics nomination, you're welcome to give it at 888-630-9625. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. On what show is this? Never has a song title been more correct. And Friday, I am in love. Mike Opelka wrapping up this This week's broadcast on the Chris Plant Show. Chris returns after the Independence Day holiday. Before I get out of here, I'm going to try and get this in. I was stunned. My jaw dropped when I watched the Washington Post. Who would have thunk that the Washington Post would come up with something this outrageous? Uh, Featuring uh, Tulane University Dean Thomas Leviste uh, talking about the structural inequality of Social Security. Did you know it's racist? Okay. So we have a policy. We have Social Security program established in 1935. This program was established to help address poverty, that many people after retirement were not able to, to basically live. The program was developed, but if you look at the differences in life expectancy, if you say you have a black 
worker, white worker. They begin working the same day at the same job for the same company. They make the same salary, which may not always be the case, but in this example, they make the same salary. They pay the exact same amount of money into the health care, into the Social Security system, and they both retire the same day. Because the white person, on, on average, is going to live longer than the black person. There's going to be a difference in how much they're going to get out of that system that they paid into. It's just a good way of, I'm not saying that Social Security is inherently racist, but I'm saying that it has an inequitable outcome because... So you are saying it's racist. I'm not saying it's racist, but I'm saying it's racist. (laughs) Of course, it's the Washington Post. And it wouldn't be a woke Olympics discussion without Ilhan Omar stepping in to speechify about the decision regarding the cancellation of student loans. Um, but as I said, you know, we know that the president has the authority. We know that the majority, this white wing majority, um, uh, has stepped out of line in, in that regard in, in today's ruling. So I do hope that the administration continues to explore um, what other possibilities that are out there that they could unilaterally carry out. Um, because we know that in a divided house, uh, and, and Senate, we're not going to be able to pass legislation to create a remedy um, so that these young people um, and, and seniors who are shadowed uh, with 43, um, 43 million of them were shadowed with student debt. So she wants unilateral action. Never mind that Nancy Pelosi has told us that the president does not have the authority to do that. So what are they going to do? Well, MSNBC's already got its crazy commentators out there. Ellie Mistal, the one with the freaky hair. I'm just jealous because my hair is evacuating my head rapidly. But Ellie Mistal, the guy with the freaky deaky hair, said, I don't know what to tell you guys. We have to expand the court. If we don't expand the court, no liberal policy will be allowed to exist for the rest of our lives. That's why Republicans stole the court. That's why rich people paid for justices. Govern yourself accordingly. So there are no rich people of color? Would you like to talk to Oprah? Would you like to talk to LeBron James? Would you like to talk to Barack Obama? They don't understand how stupid they look. Maybe they do, but they just don't care. But keep your eyes on the expansion of the court. I guarantee you it's going to be a hot topic for the next 490 three and a half days. I'll be back Monday. Then Chris returns after the holiday. It's Mike Opelka thanking you, Michael Piercy and, and Jeff Wolf, and thanking all of you. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.